Let me explain. The story actually starts a bit earlier. Well, a lot earlier. Back on January 5th, 1920. That was the day the Red Sox sold a 24-year-old kid named Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. Up until that point, the Red Sox were the kings of baseball. They'd won five of the first 15 World Series. Ruth led them to the championship in 1916 and 1918. But after they sold him to the Yankees, the Red Sox would not win another World Series for the rest of the 20th century. And the Yankees, who had never won a World Series before Ruth arrived in New York, would go on to win 27 of them and become the most dominating team in baseball. The Red Sox were cursed, it was said, because they'd sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees. It was called the Curse of the Bambino. It's not that Boston had lousy teams all those years. The Sox were usually close to first place, but they always seemed to choke at the end. Twice they lost one-game playoffs to decide the American League pennant, 1948 and 1978. Every time they made it to the World Series, 1946, 1967, and 1975, they lost Game 7. It's almost as if the ghost of Babe Ruth was watching over Boston all those years, making sure the Sox never won at all. What does any of this have to do with me winning the World Series? I'm getting to that. Be patient, will you? Okay. It was the night of Saturday, October 25, 1986. I was not in Shea Stadium in New York City, where the World Series was taking place. I was at my brother-in-law's apartment in Princeton, New Jersey. That's how good I am. I didn't even have to be at the World Series to influence the outcome. It was Game 6. Boston won the first two games, and the New York Mets won the next two. Game 5 went to the Sox, putting Boston ahead three games to two. One more victory, and the Red Sox would be world champions for the first time since 1918. The curse would finally be over. Sixty-eight years. That's a long time to wait. People had been born, lived their lives, and died of natural causes since the Red Sox had last won. The last time the Sox were world champions, there was a world war going on. The first one. Personally, I never cared if the Red Sox won or lost. What I cared about was the New York Mets. I grew up in northern New Jersey, and I had been a Mets fan since I was ten. That's 1965, when they were just a few years old and really awful. I'm talking about laughably bad. Most of my friends rooted for the Yankees, who won the pennant every year and had superstars like Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. Me, I like to root for underdogs. So, let's get back to the 1986 World Series. As I said, one more win and the Red Sox would be champs. Roger Clemens, 24-4, was the Boston starter. Bob Ojeda, 18-5, for the Mets. In the top of the first inning, one of those only-in-New-York moments occurred. Ojeda was about to throw a pitch when everybody began pointing up in the air at something. A yellow parachute was floating down into the stadium. No kidding. It had a Let's Go Mets banner trailing behind it. The parachutist, an actor named Michael Sergio, landed near the pitcher's mound. He jogged over to the Mets' dugout, slapped hands with pitcher Ron Darling, and was led away by the police. That should have been a tip-off that this was going to be one of those games you'd remember for a long time. Anyway, Clemens had a no-hitter through four innings. His fastball was clocked at 95 miles per hour, or faster, on 27 pitches. Ojeda, never a power pitcher, looked like he was chucking bowling balls in comparison.
The Red Sox scored a run in the first and another in the second. The Mets tied it in the fifth. The Sox scored another run in the seventh. The Mets got it back in the eighth. By that time, both of the starting pitchers were out of the game. It was in the eighth inning that yours truly started to influence the course of the game. In Princeton, I was watching it on TV with my wife Nina, her sister Erica, and Erica's husband Alan. Nina and Erica were not big fans and didn't much care one way or another who won. They only watched the game with us to keep us company. Alan rooted for the Yankees, so by definition he hated the Red Sox. But I was the lone Mets fan. At the same moment that Lee Mazzelli of the Mets lined a single to right in the eighth inning, my wife Nina absentmindedly picked a grapefruit out of a bowl that was sitting on the coffee table. Why there was a grapefruit in a bowl on the coffee table is anybody's guess. But when Mazzelli came around and scored the tying run, we naturally dubbed it the lucky grapefruit. Furthermore, as a group, we determined that Nina should hold the grapefruit for the remainder of the game. Not that any of us were superstitious, mind you, but it certainly couldn't hurt to hold a grapefruit while watching a ball game, right? So, Nina held on to the lucky grapefruit, and the score remained tied at 3-3 after nine innings. The Red Sox, you recall, were leading 3-2 in games, so one run in extra innings could win the World Series for them and end the Babe Ruth curse. With every